checking out the painting in the background. Oh sure. yeah, it's a, from a friend of ours. Um, here, I'll give you an up view for a minute. Oh wow, right. it's way bigger than I thought it was. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's quite big. But no, it's just that small painting. There's no, it's actually six of the entire wall. Yeah, the whole wall. I tend to distract people. I go into business meetings with this in my background and they're like, what is in your background? I'm just like, don't worry about that. We don't discuss that part. We're on business. Looks looks like our alternative venue looks very similar. (laughs) Typical workshop situation. Yeah. But um, in that case, welcome to Yelling at Concrete Podcast, guys. Thanks for having us. We appreciate it. Thank you very much. Very nice to meet you. And um, yeah, thanks for fitting me in because it sounds like your life's pretty hectic right now. (laughs) It's a little wild right now. Yes. It it always seems to be, though. Yeah. This is is on par. (laughs) Never calms down. Just constant rolling chaos like that. Yes, basically. Um, Controlled chaos. Controlled chaos. That's what usually where my desk is. People see my desk and they, they consider it controlled chaos because it's just a clutter of everything. But everything is to hand. And that's the way I think of it. Yeah. yeah. You're going to have everything to hand. Um, well, I'm just... terrible at introducing people. So I'm going to let you introduce yourselves. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, who you um... are and what you do. <laughs> uh, my name is Jim Katrin. And I'm Paul Outlaw. And uh, we are a collaborative uh, artistic uh, couple, a duo. Uh, living and working in Brooklyn, New York. Uh, we do, uh, uh, we, we're, we're artists first and foremost. We uh, sculptures, paintings, uh, uh, but with a high, uh, high uh, uh, concentration on performance and installation work. Uh, yeah, a lot of large scale interactive works. Um, I'm going to work at Brooklyn Museum um, and we show at Postmasters Gallery in New York. And yeah, we have a lot of fun with our work. Your, no, I'm going to say your back catalogue is intimidating, like having <laughs> having looked you guys up, because um, you, you were recommended to me, um, essentially by um, Rondo, who I had, Madeline Rondo, who is in Charlottesville, um, recommended that I check you out and check it, check out kind of you, you, what you've been up to. And then when I started diving into all of your work, I was like, oh, there's an extension, there's an extensive amount of work here for me to, to look at. <laughs> Yeah, we've been, we've been pretty busy. Yeah, and we try to be as prolific as possible, but uh, it's always uh, uh, each piece is a little, little wilder and crazier than the next. Yeah, so, it feels like it. It's, uh, it's, it's fun to look back. <laughs> I mean, do you guys try and find find that you kind of trying to outdo yourselves each time? Then, if you if you, if you do get worse and well, more exploratory yeah. and that kind of thing. Yeah, we have a really hard time. Um, you know, like sometimes you just have, you're just part of like a group show and you need to do just like a smaller object. And we have a really hard time doing that because every time we're like, no, we have to like make something bigger and better and wilder and crazier. So yeah. we're always reminding ourselves that sometimes it's okay to kind of like, we, it's okay to make something that's not a, a, a massive double-decker tour bus that gives tours, you know, like we can make like a smaller work, we, but. We remind ourselves of that, but then we, <laughs> we, 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 we ignore <laughs> yeah, advice entirely. Totally. <laughs> uh, we tend to be extremely competitive especially with ourselves yes <laughs> you, do you i mean is that a thing between you i mean because you you guys are quite unique as well in terms of the people i've interviewed before or chatted to in that you you are a duo and you work as a duo do you do you find that you try to out like top each other 
and push each yes, other. Yes. I, I actually think it's kind of the healthiest relationship that we could have come up with because I'm extremely competitive as a person, but I, I kind of hate that about myself too, because, you know, I, I love my friends and my, my artistic counterparts and we love to support them. And, and we do that. And the way I'm able to like maintain my competitiveness and support people is just by competing with Paul. Yeah. So it's actually kind of perfect. I take, it, the, I take the brunt. Yeah. He takes this. the brunt and, and it makes us better as a, you know, as an artistic couple. So I, I really think it's perfect. And now I don't have this competitive spirit with my, you know, like my artistic friends and we just compete with each other, but we're also a couple. So it works. And, and I don't, I, I never let Jen get the upper hand. So, <laughs> so it, it, it continues to drive us both very, very much, but, uh, but I, I think it's very unique that we're able to work uh, uh, so well together, actually, because yeah. it's not an easy thing uh, 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 working with, uh, and we're, we're married. So it's also a romantic relationship, but it's uh uh, uh, it's not, uh, I don't think it happens very often that people can, can work this closely together and not be in each other's throats all the time. Yeah. I was just thinking that I think the amount of people I've kind of spoken to have mentioned whether they've kind of worked with someone or been in like a, an artist collective or something like that. And the, the competitive nature of it does tend to end up killing those relationships <laughs> just because you, you, it's, it's a struggle to maintain that as, as artists. I, I don't know. I don't know whether it's, it's driven by jealousy or just competitiveness of people wanting to be like on top so yeah there, there's a lot of ego involved too yeah mm-hmm. especially with being like in the creative fields or if you think you're special enough to be an artist then you obviously have ego problems so the ego is getting in the way i think uh, make a lot of uh, creative types clash when trying to work with other people but but we we uh we tend to recognize when when the other one has the better the better idea or the upper hand and yeah and, and we go with that and we it just makes us both better and uh, by the way and i think that we kind of also been able to like shed whose idea is who and i think that has been really important um okay. we're having like a lot of artistic discussions like we tend to just like someone will say something and instead of like focusing on that person's that being their idea that i feel like we feed off each other that we build upon each other's ideas and then the idea doesn't become one person's anymore. It's both of our ideas. Yeah. Um, and that seems to solve a lot of the ego so issues. We're remarkably unselfish. <laughs> and modest about it as well. Like. Very modest. <laughs> <laughs> That's interesting. I mean, so I mean, let's we'll, we'll dig a little bit into kind of kind of your work and what, what I've seen of it. Like, so how long have you guys been working together? Um, and I guess it's been like twelve years now, actually. Yeah, and uh, we were, we actually uh, classic. We, we we met in, in at graduate school in, in school, uh, which was in uh, at Cranbrook uh, Academy of Art, which is uh, uh, very close to Detroit and Michigan. Right. Uh, uh, so Motor City. Uh, but it's uh, we 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 met there. And we were we were uh, uh, just uh, admirers of each other's work. I think at first, and then we were both doing performative uh, performative works in a sculpture department. So we need that often needs a lot of help. So we ended up helping each other quite a bit on the, our individual projects. And then towards the end of it, uh, we did a couple of collaborations, and and then uh, and then of course uh, began a, a relationship. Uh, so uh, so then. Moving back to New York, uh, we just kind of started doing things, doing things together because it made the most sense economically and physically, yeah. and 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 getting getting the works done, and it's just kind of grown since then. But yeah, it's been 
It's been almost 12 years now, I guess. Yeah, that's yeah. wild. Yeah. 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 It's a while. And you're having a child now, I hear. Like having moved your, your baby shower to for the yep. podcast and everything. <laughs> right. Baby, baby, finally on the way. Yeah. Number one. Yeah. It's uh, a little wild. <laughs> this is uh this will be a new new adventure. Yeah. Yep. We're not quite sure what to think about. Yeah, I'm still like, <laughs> I, I don't know if you can see the fear. Please. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm looking at you both and like the sensation of tension has just risen. <laughs> yeah, totally. We're totally. It's like going to happen in like two or three weeks and yeah. it's like starting to hit us. Like this is really happening very soon. So whew. there'll be another ego to yeah, exactly. <laughs> deal with the yeah. situation. I'm not <laughs> sure how I feel about that. No? Not called <laughs> to be competing against... Right. baby too right. so. I, I need a lot of attention yeah I'm, I'm very worried that this baby is going to take a lot of attention away from me <laughs> this, this is going to be causing causing problems <laughs> in my in my future child relationship i mean that's the role of a child right you, you come in and you you serve your parents as well that's that's, that's what we're always told to do <laughs> is you come in see what they do and you go, i can do that slightly better right like right exactly <laughs> and, and both that that's, that's right. how you build upon it yeah, um, parents are supposed to want, want better for their children. Yeah. But I, I, I think that I, I just won't get enough. Yeah. <laughs> just play it down a little bit. You know, don't yeah. aim high. Like, okay. we, you're fine. Just be average. We're okay. Don't try to top us. This yeah. is not... <laughs> I always, there was a, we had a conversation a while back, a couple of friends of mine saying it's it's hard for artistic people to have children because they worry about the complete opposite of what kind of non-artistic people worry about. People worry about their kids becoming like like performance artists and starving artists and all these kinds of things. And we said, there we go, no, we, we just we really don't want an accountant. Right. Is, like, We're very worried about that. Like, what if they're into sports? No, we, no, we joke about that. That is what we want. We want, a, <laughs> we want an accountant. Well, uh, to, to take care of us. Yeah, right. To, I mean, that could be the alternate view is that, you know. Sure, uh, setting up our retirement account. <laughs> Correctly, uh, would be would be very beneficial. Good. Uh, then we talk about child labor, and that's a whole other subject. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you're getting into like um, family band territory at that point, and right. <laughs> <laughs> gradually just exploit, exploiting your children, uh, <laughs> which is a dangerous road to go down at times. I think. Yeah. You can't. I mean, that's why everyone has children, right? I mean, yes. Yeah. From the beginning of time, you needed help growing the growing the vegetables, so you you had more children to help you on the farm. Those <laughs> gradual ceramic vegetables <laughs> and sculptures. <laughs> I mean, I was just—I was about to make a nice segue, but it included indoctrination of children. Um, but I saw your work, which was to do with um, the the cults and Heaven's Gate and and all those kinds of things. I was kind of curious where where that work came from because I, I saw your your other work as well, which was uh, more to do with the like consumption and food and, and bits and bobs like that. And I, was, I was curious where that fitted in and how you guys got started with that. Well, I think that um, we were just reflecting the times, you know, I think that we were watching a lot of, you know, Americans become, um, become infatuated with these different belief systems mm-hmm. and cults kind of seem like a very like direct way to, to deal with some of those uh, like, um, like, why do people believe in what they believe? And how do you get off these these tangents of belief? And we were seeing it in politics and people becoming so passionate about these beliefs that couldn't really be proven. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, then I think it's important to say that this was this is all you know, we, we began this process year, years and years ago right. before yeah. 
before it was such a prominent aspect of uh of society uh, yeah. especially especially right now but it was it was kind of we, we were kind of just we both came from re- like religious upbringings okay. uh, so i think we kind of started exploring the idea of of that kind of belief system and why that's so important to human nature and and why it's it's existed since the beginning of man as far as we know uh some form of belief in the supernatural or the unexplained or the or the uh, or uh, politics uh, too, uh, which, right. which 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 transfers over to politics, mm-hmm. right? But but like originally, I think we were just kind of ex- exploring uh, this desire to believe in something that humanity has. So mm-hmm. starting our explorations, uh, just just kind of you know researching and, and making work about about some different religions, which then then pretty quickly delved into delved into the cults because they're, they're so interesting. And it's, it, it, yeah. obviously, it's the extreme side of that of that scenario right. where, where people. Uh, uh, give up their entire lives for for what's essentially a a, 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 fall- a fallacy or or made up made up a set of beliefs uh, that that in, in a lot of cult situations it was made up by just an individual person. Yeah. So it's re- really remarkable how much power that has over somebody. But but then as we as we were making this work and as things progressed, uh, 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 both both here here and here and abroad everywhere, the, yeah. the conspiracy theory. Uh, 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 scenarios really became super prominent, so it was really, really interesting to see how our work was coinciding with the, with the, with the fever pitch of, mm-hmm. of, of, of total, total, total loss of, of, of any, any, uh, any, like to, a total, total dive into the conspiracies is, is, is really interesting. Yeah. And we, uh, so yeah, just that general thought process, we saw a lot of ties between like these very specific uh, religious beliefs and then zooming out into like a, a wider conspiracy theory. And there's a similar thought process that happens behind it. And often it's led by some sort of charismatic leadership of sorts. Um, and then actually we, we started with Heaven's Gate because I wrote them. I was like just doing some research and I came across their website and they said, inquire for, Oh, write this email to inquire for boarding passes um, okay. for, yeah, so I did that. And then apparently there was somebody who was left behind or possibly a few people. I'm not positive. Um, mm-hmm. and, and they're very prompt in answering correspondence. Uh, so we started a correspondence and um, and that's how uh, one of our pieces came about, which was a reproduction, a miniature reproduction of the death scene mm-hmm. uh, of Heaven's Gate. Because as you know, it was very, um, it was very designerly and like artistically yeah, or, like orchestrated. Yeah. 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 yeah with purple mm-hmm. fabric and the matching suits and the Nike shoes. And, and they all, they all wouldn't have dinner at Marie calendars right. for their last meal. They all got the exact same pot pie. Yeah. Like it was very, very, salad, very staged and, and yeah. choreographed and, and aesthetic decisions were made yeah. in this mass suicide. It's, 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 I always find it curious kind of how much, religions and, and cults and anything which kind of has that kind of level of indoctrination put thought into the creative process like to such a scale that you, mm-hmm. you kind of completely forget it's like oh yeah somebody's designing outlets like yeah mm-hmm. absolutely i mean i mean it, it's an incredible amount of design like the, mm. the aspects or the the visual the visual creative aspects of, of a lot of these uh cults and movements is is uh, plays a huge part it plays a huge role in that i mean I mean, one of the more more blatant, more obvious uh, examples would be like Nazi Germany, yeah. like the 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 visual aesthetics of of the of the German army and the German uh, 
uh, superpower were are striking. I mean, it's, it's 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 pretty incredible graphic design and and uniform design and, and architecture and 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 the propaganda machine was was just nonstop output of of these images and the, and this uh, 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 which is really shows really shows the power of 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 what the, the uh, you know design and, and, and artistic uh, endeavors can, can do, even if it's for the, for the worst. Religion takes a lot of those cues as well. Or, or, or religion comes, creates a lot of those cues, I guess. Uh, yeah. But it, it's a- uh, uh, Well, a lot of the greatest artworks have come from it as well. Right. You know, yeah. artworks, so. It is that double-edged sword of-, of Yeah, it's really is. Is, of, Yeah. But then I don't know if that, I always, because I always take a little grief with graphic designers. Because I I can't do graphic design, my brain just didn't go for it. So I I'm always there's always got a slight leaning of yeah. Well, graphic design's always slightly evil, like <laughs> always slightly. I, like evil. I might start borrowing that. That's good. I mean, they work for marketing and they work. And they yeah, work I mean, they things, are. Right? It's a, yeah. totally, absolutely. It's a form of manipulation. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And and that's what you, graphic designers are trained in. Yeah, the, it is the, manipulation. The art of manipulation. <laughs> I mean, all artists are manipulators, but I guess I guess it just depends whether you think they are manipulating for the good or for the worse. You know. Yeah, I mean, how I get again? That's a, a, an interesting question for you both. I mean, as performance artists, how do you see your relationship between you and your audience? I know your work. You you try to get the audience involved. You know, you do huge scale things for people, kind of, to really get interested in it and, and get physical with it so to speak I mean, do you see that relationship as something where you're trying to pull people in trying to manipulate people in or are you interrupting their day or how do you fit for that yeah well i mean i think it varies project to project but we're we're always trying to like we try to entice people into things with um i guess we do it's it's big it's impressive things are moving brightly colored you know like when you see it you want to be a part of it you want to know what's going on and i think there's always that sort of element involved in most of our work like we do use a little bit of I don't know if it's called we could say trickery but it's just like bold some sleight of hand yeah it's bold yeah. you want to know you want to know what's happening and I think that um we've always cut and that's just our personality too so I mean we do it without thinking and then on reflection I realize that that's just what we do but it is a good way to draw people in and then once we have them in then we are hoping that the different elements of the work, uh, the research, uh, the the politics, or all of that starts showing itself, revealing itself to the you know the the person, the the visitor, the guest. Um, so that's that's often involved in our performance. And then, you know, they're part of it too. The they're they're now part of the performance and their reactions and. Um, and usually some people like to really interact with us and try to like uh, unpack what's happening. Um, and then they help shape the work. Um, and I find ourselves sometimes even like uh, it, some of their insights start, you know, leaking into our work too. So it's definitely. Does it change what you do as you go along with the audience reaction? yes it does i think i think it morphs a little bit we there's a certain element of 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 unexpected uh reaction from the audience that we're not quite sure how they're going to react to to because we often provide activities for them to do that's how we that's how we bring them be it be it uh going on a tour or Mm -hmm. or we're making them a sandwich that they're going to actually eat 
uh, uh, something that they're actually participating in. They yeah. can't they can't be non participatory in most of our most of our work. They have that to terrifies me. Right, <laughs> but the, the engagement is, the engagement is, is is the part that's that we're not quite sure what's going to happen. Yeah. So so it, it does provide a lot of interest for us as well, so that we can morph and adapt in in the in the moment. Uh, uh, but it's but it's all about engaging engaging the audience, uh, getting them involved, and letting their guard down a little bit, so that then whatever whatever underlying uh, uh, message or motivation that we have in the piece can can kind of sink in through the through the back window, uh, and then it I, I think it kind of resonates with people a little little longer, and, and it makes them think about it after the fact. Of, that was really cool. That was a fun experience. But then, oh, what, what you know, what about this part really made it really made it unique and and, and say something to me, and, and, and uh, we we think that really sticks in people's brains for 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 longer than just say viewing a painting or, or looking at a sculpture uh, uh, which is why we enjoy performance so much right. yeah. <laughs> which and and kind of piggybacking on that just a little bit um, you know a lot of the work we do is not aiming for the collector mm. and it's just not what we do um, it's it's just we're more interested in shaping culture than shaping the market uh, which is kind of terrible for us monetarily <laughs> but <laughs> um, bad decision this, this, is, this is why you don't want your children to be performance artists. yes yeah. <laughs> like make paintings you know that collectors could buy <laughs> but uh but yeah it's it's definitely like but, but we also made the conscious decision to do this like we knew yeah. that this was going to be a difficult way to to go about you know, influence shaping the art world. It's not, it, it doesn't make a lot of sense, but we are proud that we've been able to continue to do that too. Yeah. I was, I, I always found it interesting, especially, I mean, one of the reasons I kind of wanted to speak to you both, and if I had a, a reason to kind of want to grab out and say, Hey, you guys come talk to me. Um, was the, that, that idea I've kind of seen within your work in that you, you are very much concept based, you know, you, you're not, commerce based you know in terms of what can i make a print of this can i can i merchandise this as you go along and i've met so many eyes who who don't seem to have that viewpoint within their artwork who very much approach it from well you know i've got to make money from this at the end of the day and and even within my own projects i mean i make um i make a small zine which i give away for free and Mm -hmm. the amount of people i meet who go well why is it free you know, is, is there a catch? You know, is, is, surely this is costing you money. We're like, yes, this is costing me money, but that's not the point. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. you're kind of completely missing that. So when I saw your stuff and, and where you, you're kind of tackling the idea of people selling their work and then that price difference between some artists and other artists being so huge, I just thought it was fascinating. And, and, and picking up on that as you went along was just, yeah, one of the reasons I wanted to speak to you. <laughs> It's, I think it's a big part of our, our practice too. The, the, yep. the idea of of, uh, of of price points for artists and what makes art valuable and what why is some art uh, uh, exorbitantly priced and other art you can't even sell at all. And, it, and it's all artificial uh, for the most part. I mean, uh, the the prices are artificially set uh, by a system of galleries that we've had in place for for for, for decades and decades now. Um, and the prices are set what. 
I actually kind of feel like I'm comparing it more now. And I don't know how familiar you are with, uh, with American stock market, but like, like the GameStop. Um, yeah. Uh, right. Like yeah, yeah. I feel like the art market is a little similar to that sometimes, like in that there's a fever pitch for the certain artist and, and then it just like, it skyrockets them. And then sometimes they fall very quickly too, because yeah. it was too much at one time, but it's, it's a fascinating markets are fascinating, you know, like the artistic market is really fascinating, but it's, it's, it is kind of this constructed made up uh, being that, that the Uber rich controls. And the whole thing is just like, because the, the ones driving those prices up are, are not, are, are probably the same people that are, that are, you know, controlling the markets. Right. It's right. just a different form of investment, yeah. and a different opportunity to make, to make money. Uh, which which definitely undervalues some of the conceptual uh, uh, importance behind this artwork, uh, or, or pe- not anyone's artwork, uh, but some some of it is is valuable for good reason. Yeah. Obviously. Right, obviously, yes. Uh, but but some of it seems to just be artificially set uh, price price points and goals uh, in order to get in, make some money, and get out, which which takes money away from from other artists who are doing important work. Is, is ultimately the, the sacrifice that's made. Uh, but uh, I know I know we try to tackle some of those things by by we've actively decided that our artwork is is for the most part uh, uh, unsellable. <laughs> but but that's but that's okay with that. like that's the decision that we've made. But but it is it is somewhat of a commentary on 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 doing this experiences for people to enjoy mm-hmm. uh, an experience for for, for free. So it's uh it's uh, something that's kind of kind of for the people in a lot of ways, uh, but we we found a lot of a lot of uh, a, a critical success in that way. Yeah, uh, but it's also because we haven't tied ourselves so closely to to uh, uh, the, the the monetary mar- art market that it has actually given us a lot of freedom in what in what we make and how we can diversify uh, the things that. The things, the objects, and the and the installations that that we create can be very different from each other because we don't have to necessarily stick with a uh, a certain art brand that yeah. we had to make for ourselves. Uh, so it's, there's actually a lot of freedom freedom in this uh, in this idea of, of of free free performance or free free uh, free activations for for audiences. I, th- I think there's the what I was just thinking there. We kind of mentioning stock markets as well as I'd, I'd compare it a lot to like cryptocurrency and things like that, I've, especially within the artwork now, because there, there's a new, there's like a new cryptocurrency which is to do with images oh, and right. being able to farm images and digital copies of things and all of that fascinates me because yeah. it's just it's just building up again of that, that whole idea of it and and adding values to things but to me it makes me almost uncomfortable with it like and it makes me i don't know how some artists deal with the idea of something they created being suddenly worth thousands you know hundreds and thousands of pounds (laughs) totally yeah it's it's very conceited of them it's shocking but but also also do you know that i mean it can be uh it can have huge ramifications on on the artist uh, which, which I think is kind of what what you're saying. Like how does how does the artist deal with that instant instant monetary success? Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of them fail. Yep. Uh, is, is 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 kind of how the end of this end of the story is pretty often. Uh, but it's a it's an interesting problem to have. We'll never know. <laughs> yeah, I have no idea. Uh, 
<laughs> just what you were saying it's like we've made our, 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 our um, creations unsellable I just like the idea of you kind of going into a bank and then asking you it's like well what do you do it's like oh well, we make things that you can't sell they're saying words but I'm not quite sure what they mean you, you can't <laughs> sell this <laughs> our, our galleries love it when we say this kind of stuff <laughs> like how much is this sculpture? I'm sorry, that's uh, not for sale. For sale. <laughs> <laughs> We're actually inflating our, our own worth. I actually, there was, a, not there was a show where you, Paul was actually really proposing to me that we just say everything is not for sale. And yeah. I'm like, I feel like that's like taking things a step a little too far for no. everybody. Let's just let it not be sellable versus saying it's not for sale. I don't know. See, no, I like that idea because I there was ages ago I wanted to do an exhibition of anonymous art where you couldn't buy any of that art. Yeah. And the, the prices would be there, but any inquiry would be met with a no. This is, you know, <laughs> and you don't meet this certain criteria and whatever they approach you for, you just look at them and go, no, you're this. I'm sorry, you can't, but you can't have this. You know, your teeth are slightly too long today. And, and it's, it's like really pick. My, I really, yeah. yeah. It's, it's an interesting angle. Yeah. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> I mean, it is. It comes back again to that kind of abuse of audience, um, which performance has. Because I find it interesting when you say the idea of you, you try and get people in. I think a lot of people, when they think of performance art, they see most performance art as trying to push audiences away. Mm. You know, it, it's intentionally sure. abstract, intentionally out there, mm. because they're like, no, this is art. This needs to be as far removed from everything as possible. Right. Whereas right. with your work, you you use a lot of, you know, easily recognizable imagery and things which the general public can connect to and they get they have you know instant memories of or, or those kinds of things do you find that you, i mean especially with you say guessing you push yourself constantly do you find there's like an edge of where you've gone too far at times and just like audience are not going to connect with this it, it's it's a definite yeah. balancing act yeah uh, definitely. That, that we that we it's you know it's it's a line that we walk uh actively and we we do realize both sides of the line uh, have you know detrimental consequences? Uh, so that's kind of that's kind of part of the part of the part of the part of the fun we have in making this art and part of part of the creative process. Uh, but it's a uh, we do want our work to be very inviting and very uh, 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 accept acceptable to to the mass audience, but not but not go too far in that direction think, where it cheapens. Right, cheapens I think the, the. It's very important not. Yeah, right. and it, it's because it's, it's still edgy. It still it still has. Has has motivations that aren't aren't commercial commercially. It's not like buying sneakers, you know. It's, 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 we, we still have to be a little a little edgy, a little, but still inviting to the public, right? Yeah, I mean, there's usually some subversive elements of it and some weird elements. And sometimes we go a little too far on those elements too, where people will leave a piece and be like, "I have no idea what that was about," and then that was probably too far, you know, like because you want people to at least walk away with some sort of idea of what you're trying to do. Um, but so, so there's definite, you know, we've, we've gone too far before too, but even when we have gone too far with our, our, our conceptual uh, thought process, I still feel like there's usually something about it that people are like, maybe they didn't get it, but they really enjoyed being a part of it too. So you know, I and think that's there, there's a lot. There. There's a lot of a wink and a nod with 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 the work that we do. Yeah, uh, it's it's very engaging and inviting to as many people as as possible. And some people just won't won't get it, but they'll still enjoy enjoy the experience. 
whereas other people enjoy the experience, but then they're also like, I, I, I see what you're doing. And I, I, I know, I know what you guys are, are really saying here. And we, and that's kind of when we wink at them and, 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 and they, so they get the joy of, 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 of unlocking that extra level of, of understanding. Uh, but people who don't, who aren't thinking that way also just enjoy their experience, which we also think is, think is important. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do want to find a common denominator because art, art, art doesn't have to be restrictive and, 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 and totally over, over everyone's head. Uh, but in, we also false, don't want it to in go, a false manner. We yeah, also don't want to go too Banksy either, you right. know, like the, right. like, so we want to be careful on how we phrase yeah. this. We do want to invite people in, but mm-hmm. we, and we don't want it to be too obvious or too like, it, it's just finding that right balance really. Yeah. I think it's my line to walk. Yeah, it is. I, I think it's, it's very much, I, it's one of the things which I think I've discussed with many a person on the, this podcast is actually just the idea you can talk yourself out of ideas because you think something is too obvious. And then you mm-hmm. forget that the, the general public don't necessarily think like you. Right. Not making that connection. And like you're saying, with with people kind of coming to a show and then not getting it, and you're like, Yeah, but it's it's so obvious. It's like right there. And I've put it on a like it's like how are you not getting this? And like, oh yeah, because they didn't make the 12 connections I took to get there. <laughs> we haven't been researching this for the past year. And yeah. It is it's it's I mean, I think that's kind of the hardest part about being an artist is that you are in charge to some degree on how to how an audience reacts to your work. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a lot of responsibility to figure out where to find that balance. Because yeah, you want to leave the breadcrumbs, but you don't want to direct them to the gingerbread right. house. Right. <laughs> you can't walk them to the wall and be like, right. this, you, this is what you got to do. You're just going to say, no, there's a lake somewhere over there. Right, right. Just dig a little bit. There. Yeah. Be the tour guide. I mean, you guys were tour guides. You, you, yeah, you, had, yeah, a, you had a bus. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm fascinated by the bus just because it's such a big project to me like to 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 make over is it was it a bus yeah yeah. so it was it was a uh we we it was kind of a homemade uh double-decker tour bus Mm -hmm. uh, that that we built and uh installed the seats on the roof and yeah um, and we built it too which is right right, which is also another uh, most everything we make is is also has the the homemade aesthetic yeah. to it. Oh, uh, Paul's a very very good at that stuff. It's shocking to so, me. But that's part of the ridiculousness. So, so the idea kind of spawned out of what what Chelsea is uh, Chelsea, New York, uh, where all the art galleries were at the time. All the big blue, blue chip, huge commercial galleries, uh, and still are, I guess. Uh, but it was uh, it, it becomes such a such a circus of of wealth and power and money and. And almost the Times Square of art. And we're like, well, what is what is this Times Square of art missing? It's uh, well, the double decker, double decker tour bus, of course. So, so and, and and souvenirs at the same time, right? So, uh, so yeah, so we created uh, Gina Paul's one stop shopping souvenir city and Chelsea bus tours, uh, and we made the homemade double decker bus, outfitted it uh, with all the uh, with all the branding and, and hoopla that you would expect from a tour bus. <laughs> uh we, loudspeakers we, loudspeakers we completely we, against the law we uh we had the first floor of the bus was was uh actually a souvenir gift shop uh so you could purchase all the souvenirs of all of your favorite artists whose artwork you could never afford but you could take a little bit of it home through our souvenirs so we had hundreds of souvenirs uh representing uh hundreds of different artists all blue chip all, all blue chip yeah. super famous artists mm-hmm. uh so so uh Somewhat, somewhat, uh, little, little uh, 
someone someone making fun of their work. Oh, definitely making fun of their work. Absolutely. Definitely questioning the the whole uh, you know art market. Yeah. Yeah. So like, you could buy a little a replica of like a Damien Hurst shark, right? So, but instead of a shark, we had a little goldfish. I was wearing a shark mask and a little thing of formaldehyde, mm-hmm. or a, a DIY Richard Sarah, which was just like a tiny little box that had scrap metal and then a how to make your own Richard Sarah. And it had yeah. like leaned up against a wall, and you know, that was called Dick in the Box. Yeah. Dick in the Box. Um, uh, a fun play on his name. <laughs> uh, a lot of Matthew <laughs> do it yourself. Well, uh, cause River Fundament had just come uh, out. Right. You could go leave your own penis <laughs> just like Matthew Barney. Um, so, 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 uh, uh Martin DeSuvro, uh, sculptures in a, in a, in a bag, which was just a bunch of red, red stuff and a rubber band and a how-to yeah and how yeah. to so so really playing upon like the really investigating like how these blue chip markets how they operate what artists they sell which are mostly white male um how they you know the whole profit system so it you know we showed up in this garish bus um that paul paul and i well, were yeah we would just park it right in the middle of chelsea and then put a sign outside that said free bus tours yeah. Uh, uh, and 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 people would come in the bus. We and once we get uh, I don't know six or eight people. I think it would fit eight people on top. We'd get eight people, so they'd climb up the staircase to the top of the bus, sit in the chairs, and then we would proceed to give a tour of of Chelsea by driving, snaking through the neighborhood, driving the bus, uh, and stopping outside of all the major galleries. <laughs> we couldn't. We didn't go in. Yeah, we didn't actually take people inside the galleries. <laughs> we just described we, what was in. We it. just stopped the bus outside the gallery and described the show that was going in, sometimes accurately. <laughs> uh, and uh, we we also uh, 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 told them a lot of rumors and stories. We promised and, uh, guest appearances guests, by Larry Gagosian. Right, we did have special celebrity guest appearances uh, that were just walking down the sidewalk. Anybody that we would recognize, <laughs> some some people or just look like a celebrity. Uh, but it was very very. Very fun, raucous, loudspeakers, uh, us giving the tours, uh, but then also, uh, you know, buy a souvenir on your way out. Uh, so when we said our artwork wasn't sellable, you know, we were... We were forgetting about the souvenirs. We, we, we were just kidding. We sold them all at $20 and $25 <laughs> a piece. Uh, remarkably low accounts, right? Yeah, yeah right. right. Usually, usually successful souvenir business. Uh, <laughs> So, I mean, if, if you ever get out of art, you know, you've always got to fall back then, right? Right. <laughs> you can always open a gift shop just wherever you want to go. Right. <laughs> uh, but, uh, but, 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 that, yeah, the, the tour bus was, was a, 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 a lot of fun, but uh, also, also uh, very successful. And it, it very, that was another example, of, or just an example of where we get people to come in to do an activity of, of what it is that they, uh, of something that they can accept in their mind, they have an understanding of, which is a, a tour. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then, but then, you know, the, the entire time is, is the commentary of 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 the art market and, and the art world and the misrepresentation of of society and and, and all the evils and, and and standard tropes of that. So it's a, a, a it was a it was a I mean it's a good piece. Yeah, it's no, a great piece. <laughs> I mean, it sounds. I mean, it's, it's interesting that you you kind of mentioned that um, the the fact that you kind of. You know, obviously, didn't get permission to do any of this. You just just did it. You know, you, you strapped oh, yeah. a legal loudspeaker to the top of a bus and all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. Ironically, I, mean, I don't know how, you, how much you guys know about kind of UK politics and stuff like that. They just um, they're basically de- debating a law right now, uh, which essentially polices protests and puts a noise limit on protests. 
and mm-hmm. there's a new tagline in it which is along the lines of if you cause anyone annoyance you can be arrested oh wow yeah. wow is like that is she in a protest yeah <laughs> if your protest causes annoyance yeah taken away points and be heard Wow, that's that is that tagline is something else. Yeah, um, it, it's it's one of these things which is kind of been pushed in, and everyone's like kind of paying attention to. But for obviously for, for performance art, I find that fascinating because there's going to be you know there's levels of law you can break without really annoying anyone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's fascinating. You guys take a risk. I like that. I am. I think the one of the main things I wanted to ask you guys is is I mean as as an artist myself. I put as much distance between me and an audience as possible. Mm-hmm. Whereas you guys push yourself into the audience <laughs> essentially. And I'm kind of curious why. Like <laughs> You know, I I we kind of started doing it without really well, what, what what does it mean to push push the audience as far away as possible? What is that? Well, so I mean when I create work, is I, I think of it very much along the lines of to me, creating work is quite a vulnerable act. So you, yeah. you make the work you create, you know, whether it's illustration, painting or whatever I'm doing. So then I put it on a, a wall or whatever, uh, and then the audience can go view it. But I don't really want to have that engagement. I want them to experience it as themselves. You know, I don't, mm-hmm. don't want to have to interfere with that or any, any idea. So the idea of putting myself on stage is, you know, miles away from terrifying, like 50 <laughs> miles over the line. So I'm kind of looking i'm not looking for reason to do it but <laughs> looking at you guys going yeah you know you 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 actively explore that participation with your audience you make work which requires you to be on stage is this something you kind of chased or is this just something which you you naturally need when you create art or i don't know <laughs> I, think, I, think, I, think, I think you you just nailed it yeah i think you did the latter definitely <laughs> something we need as a personality <laughs> trait or, or fault right uh, it could be a fault yes but I, um, but I think i think what we're what we're exploring here is the, the broad spectrum of of, of artists right yeah. like what what and and the motivations and the personality types and 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 the the, the you know the different people involved are, are, are hugely hugely different right. different types of different types of ego that's, yeah. that's an important mm-hmm. important point too but it's uh, uh we happen to land on the extroverted side of the ego so we don't try to hide our ego we're like here's our ego <laughs> some people are some people are pure and i'd say this knowing knowing what it means for us are are, <laughs> are pure are like a pure artist right like they, they make art purely for the work because they have to get it out of their soul and onto the campus and and that's their reasoning for doing it and that's what what makes them feel fulfilled and they don't even care if anybody sees it right and we should be We're the, like that the total but... opposite of that and, and, and the, like part of our reason for art and, and i don't think we're alone in this is 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 the recognition is the the knowing that you're you're contributing to society that you're making a difference that you're that people are listening to you and that and that your your voice is being heard and 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 that's i think a lot of that is, is at least my motivation and the the artwork and the performance art is how that how that motivation is is has, has come into fruition uh but it's 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 i mean like and obviously there's diff- different artists throughout history but like like salvador dali was was his artwork was his his persona was his per- some people would say his paintings suck <laughs> like it's, it's it was it was how he, he marketed himself and how he made an impact 
on the world that everyone knows who Salvador Dali is. Mm -hmm. uh, and we can argue his importance as an artist, but it's, 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 that's just the one, one far, far reaching example of, 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 it, of his life as, as an artwork. Um, and I think, I think it's all a matter of how you phrase it too. Like we could say that, um, that we, you know, we are purists in our own way, trying to make a cultural difference. But then I think that it's also important to recognize that there's ego involved too. Every artist has a different type of ego and, um, you know, ours, I think comes out in a very, we like, I think that we just naturally like to be seen with our work. I don't think it's something that we've tried specifically to do. I think it's just what we naturally do. Like, even when we have a show where we're not performing, like we still are there. And like, I feel like kind of a presence there and part of the work, part of the persona of the work. And we did, we did talk about this slightly earlier, you know, we touched on it briefly, but that even the idea that, that you think that, you're you are good enough to be an artist is a certain amount of ego involved yeah like there's a certain amount of ego involved in, in you being like what i am doing is worth doing and worth putting out there and worth going beyond my my job or or nine to five or, or you know quote unquote normal lifestyle uh is is a certain amount of, of ego involved uh, and I think that from that from that point, there's a, a, a big scale of of how much that it's incorporating people's people's artwork. But there's 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 left, right, and in the middle. It's it's really a broad spectrum. Definitely, I think there's there's definitely um, the scales to what someone will do and what someone will put out there. And you know, you know, like I mean, we briefly mentioned, kind of Banksy with the whole idea of graffiti art. Of you know, you you want to be invisible. You know, you completely want to remove yourself from that situation and then like you're saying at the same time you want to be the most visible yeah because you want everyone to see it. you want people to buy right. your books and yeah. tea tables, right, right. <laughs> well, everyone to, to see it. your tag right yeah. um, so you risk but, your life to, to do it <laughs> tagging i find fascinating completely fascinating just because the, the, what always gets me is like one that that is that ego push of yeah i'm going to put my name on something but also the ingenuity people have to get their names in places just absolutely fascinates me. And it brings me to kind of the whole idea of the work you see, well, the work you guys put in behind the final pieces and getting, you know, a work to stage or a work to gallery must take such a long time. And I think a lot of eyes stumble at that blockage of like battling with their ego, like halfway through of like, why would anyone want to look at this? You know, right. Why am I balancing this? And yet, as artists, we, we sit there and go, no, actually, no, it doesn't really matter what anyone else thinks. I'm still going to continue to put this out. Right. That, I mean, that def definitely happens to the, the process. I mean, it's because there's always, there's always self-doubt involved. There's always, you know, this is, this is a horrible idea. Uh, I can't believe we're doing this. Everyone's going to do this. <laughs> but then, but then I think, I think that we, we tackle that problem by, by, well, laughing at that idea and of course everyone's going to love this and why would anybody not like this, this is definitely worth <laughs> that's doing. that's why um, a duo is good too yeah. because once you decide to do something like your different moments of like when you start having self-doubt maybe that mm -hmm. other person isn't experiencing at that time so you just kind of like well we decided to do this so we're just going to trek along and keep on doing it you know throughout the self-doubt and, and so there, there's a, a, a not a small amount of lying to yourself <laughs> about, about the importance of this and and how how cool everyone thinks you're going to be after this is completed <laughs> uh but it's also i mean i mean i think i've learned that from uh from from hip-hop 
Uh, whereas, whereas you just talk about how rich and important you are and, and successful you are and, and how much everyone loves you until that actually becomes a reality. Uh, then you are, you are rich and successful and everyone does love you. I mean, it's not a foolproof plan. It's what keeps me, keeps me motivated. <laughs> I, th- I think that's interesting that we kind of saying that you, there's a, there's a level of kind of self-delusion and going, yeah, no, people are going to love this and really like hyping yourself up. I, I think I fall into the category of the other way around of like, no, I think people are going to hate this. <laughs> people are really going to be against this that's probably a good thing we're on the right track but i, I think as well you know like with you being a duo you you obviously got that that conflict of things which you may disagree with one way or another but it's interesting because the styles you have blend so well mm-hmm. you're both very bright colorful you know bold shapes and and structures and and everything which you kind of put into things but i'm curious then is is there a separation between you guys on stage and you guys performing and the people you are behind that is this is it is a level of like you were like this before or and then that just spilled into your artwork or (laughs) you just kind of like we push that like yeah i think i think it's i think it's kind of who we are honestly like I mean, there's a certain element of like, once you're performing, you definitely amp yourself up. Like that's mm-hmm. definitely there. I feel like that the minute. We're, I mean, it's important to know that we're, we're both introverts. <laughs> Whenever we're not performing. <laughs> would be... The camera goes off. You just yeah, as soon as it goes off, we're just silent. <laughs> Total depression here at home. Uh, no, I, I think we both do thrive on a certain amount of, 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 uh, attention, I guess, is for lack of a better word, but but also like uh, interaction with the with people. Like we, we we yes, the minute we get around people, like I feel like we're very like it just brings it just brings it out of us. So we, we thrive off other people's energy. Yeah, very often. Yeah, is the case. Uh, so the 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 the, the per- performative aspect of it and the interaction with audience really really takes a life of its own at times, and and that that energy is is uh you, you, you can feel it as we're doing it like i, I can feel i can feel the, the the energy brewing between us and the audience and and, and it, it it really helps to to motivate motivate us for that final product i think is is is, is really i mean attention is the wrong word but it is kind of like like that that attention yeah no I, it, no I think that you said it really well like you, you feel you start feeling the energy yeah. and there's something about that that like uh that I feel like you especially are very good at picking up on like the minute it's not even just like people's faces and the way they're looking at you there's something about a group of people together that the energy starts it just start it can be electrifying um and then once you tap into that, then um, then you respond, and and then the piece becomes all it just it just you know it, there's a spark it intensifies, um, and I think that that is definitely what you do. Yeah. And we and we do that uh, like on our in our personal lives, if, if there is such a thing, uh, like this is a continuation of, of our art practice. Like we what we do to relax and what we do to 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 enjoy ourselves is is, is like you know hosting. Uh, hosting other people, having a lot of people around us, uh, uh, having dinners. We do throw a lot of barbecues parties. or yeah. parties, or, yeah. or like, but that's what we do in our spare time. Yeah. Uh, on, on top of what we do professionally, so it's it's a very social social dynamic uh, that that both of us uh, seem to have and enjoy, mm-hmm. uh, which is another reason it works. I think if one of us hated other people, this would 
we totally flat. Line. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, there's there's a balance to be struck there. <laughs> if, if, what you can get away with being contrasted to your partner, <laughs> one way or another. <laughs> I mean, it, it is that I think that you you hit the point there just with that whole relationship between you know, I mean, not just yourselves, but artwork in general. And, and needing like with yourselves needing to be seen but artwork itself needs to be seen to to exist from one sense or another there is that leeching value of it doesn't exist and when it's hidden away and it, it doesn't right. exist it doesn't have any impact therefore it's not artwork at a certain scale um but that, to think what you're saying as well like with your work not being saleable it gives it that unique value so it never really kind of gets watered down Mm-hmm. either from it it's never really mass produced it's never really you know imitated do you do you think that that you'd ever explore that level of like manufacturing or, or kind of reproducibility in your work or um I think it would just depend on the piece and if I felt if, well, if we felt that it was like um adding to the concept of the piece I'd have to be a very self-aware like we know that this is a um uh, I don't want to say selling out because I don't think that it necessarily would be, but just like, what, what is this adding to the value of mm. the the concept of the work? Um, you know, and, like... And, and to be clear, we're not against money. Yeah, yeah, no. yeah. yeah. <laughs> we do like to sell work. We, we do sell some works. Like we, yeah. we say it's unsellable, but we do we do sell paintings and sculptures. Uh, uh, so so it, do, it does it does happen. Um, um so it's not something that we're against is it's that we don't, I don't think that we want to be stuck in or to get to where we're stuck in a, in the cycle or the trap of, of having to produce the same work mm-hmm. over and over and over again, just because it, 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 it provides the collectors. Money. Right. Uh, I mean, I think, and, and sorry, this is starting to get a little uh, specific again, but like collectors do like to see, uh, they like to see a work and know that it's that artist and that they have a whole huge buy that's really similar to that. And I think that we're trying to avoid that trap of because we know artists who are in that trap right now. So yeah. always trying to chew our way out. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I feel yeah. I think this, this is one of those things that becomes kind of super important of just being an artist and, and like you say, try, trying to challenge yourself trying to to look at what's around you and reacting to that rather than just kind of getting trapped in that cycle of doing things over and over again just because it seems to be the right way to go and and explore those things around right. that line, which keeps you know people like yourselves performing and keeps you you know edgy is it is it yes. yeah <laughs> how do you feel about the term edgy by the way is, is that- um it's a yeah i mean edgy sounds I think it sounds like what something you'd want to be, but I think people overuse it, you know? So now edgy just feels like a little, like, uh, not, not what the term used to mean. (laughs) Overuse of edgy. I think there's a risk of people who aim for edgy and then miss it. Right. As well. Yeah. Completely. Yeah. Totally. To round the sound. The shock, the idea of, of shock value is, is the moving target, right? Is yeah. it, it all depends on 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 what your what the relation is to the rest of, of society at, at the time, uh, and and potentially right now it's 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 hard to it's hard to be shocking, uh, and it does kind of fall flat. In, 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 
that is a kind of a question for you guys then. I mean, just what you mentioned with shock value being based on kind of society and stuff. Do you think artists have a responsibility to remain kind of on the edge of society? Or do you think you can you can indoctrinate yourself and be in within the, the greater mass and still make something significant? Yeah, that's a good question. Yeah. I mean, I think it's all about self-awareness, you know, like um I feel like you can pull that off if you're just really self-aware of what you're doing and know that you are um, consciously doing this and uh, can feed off of that in a conceptually interesting way. But another way to look at that is, is imagining a world where artists are not on the, on the edge mm-hmm. or are not, are not on the outskirts of society and, and, what is what is that like that looks horrible to me that yeah, looks like a like a, a horrible totally fucked up society uh, <laughs> like 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 artists i think i think will always be on on the outskirts and on, and on the edge because i don't think society society can't be uh uh you know 90 percent artists mm-hmm. that's just not that's not not feasible it's not the way the human psyche is set up it's not it's not uh, uh the way the species can survive so I think artists are always going to be in the in the minority and therefore push push to the edges, uh, no, no matter no matter what the scenario is. Uh, but that, I mean, it's, it's an interesting idea to think to think about uh, uh, a scenario where artists were not on the outskirts. But I just don't know if it's possible. I just I don't think it's a good idea <laughs> <laughs> because then it becomes like you're just doing your 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 artist who's masks marketing really like if everybody gets what you're doing then it's becoming like then then you're making uh nike shoes but you know? that, right but that would be like a world where no new music is produced yeah or no no new no new forms of artwork are or, or, or discovered or 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 investigated it's yeah. it's or our work becomes bureaucracy and then that's becomes pretty, pretty drab outlook <laughs> if everything's abstract then making something really formal becomes a form of rebellion right yeah, right which which so is part of the that we're in i guess it, was, yeah. it, was, it, was, but it gets harder that's why i guess that's, that's why people die i think that's why we, <laughs> that's why i mean that's how that's no, why that's, we replenish the population that's exactly new, how evolution new, works yeah. so you yeah. know like you have to die in order for the if we all come. live forever this would be extremely boring uh life at this a point. different world yeah <laughs> i think that's a great point to round this out on, to, to be <laughs> we all must die we're all gonna die one day um yeah there's not much we can do about it until then we keep making art <laughs> but not everybody just just a few of us some just of us yeah <laughs> well, it's been lovely to speak to you both um thank you for coming along and chatting to me about your art and, and what you're up to and I hope everything goes well with baby and all, all those kinds of things and the terror, which is just once again re-entered both of your eyes. Right. <laughs> Our faces, faces both just went blank. And whatever the next six months holds. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, as I say, thank you. Thank you for going to chat to me. It's been yeah, thank you. Yeah, thank you for having us. It was lovely. And on those wonderful points, we will talk to these guys later. I'll click stop recording.